0: Welcome to a special episode of Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. Periodically, I'd like to put together past episodes and pair them together on related topics just as a way to strengthen your skills. In this episode, what I've decided to do is pair podcasts on the skill of listening. It's an incredibly valuable skill, uh, one that many people struggle with, myself included and obviously in these times being a, a good listener is is even more valuable than under normal circumstances why because we need to be more intentional in how we stay connected with people people going through some difficulties um, you know the quality of those connections and the frequency is is a lot a lot of times is driven by how how good we listen so what i've decided to do is pair episode number 18 which is basically about why is listening so hard and i talk a little bit about about the underlying reasons, and then episode 63 about asking better questions as a driver of better conversations and better listening. I hope this pairing does the trick for you. Enjoy. Welcome to Just Saying. I'm Joe McCormick, your host. Thank you for listening to today's show. Well, today we're going to be talking about why it's so hard to listen. If you're new to the podcast series, I'd love you to subscribe. And even more, please give us a positive rating on iTunes. We're building a movement of motivated communicators that want to be brief. So thanks for joining. As you may know, I've written a book called Brief Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less. And I'm the founder and managing director of The Brief Lab, where we help organizations and leaders master the art and science of lean communication, how to be clear and concise the point of the podcast is pretty straightforward, is to help you explain, communicate, and frame ideas that are complicated in a way that's easy to follow. The impact of this can be significant. So today's topic is one that I see time and time again in the courses that we leave for both corporate leaders and military leaders really difficult, listening. And the research is pretty alarming on this. There was a Harvard Business Review study that was done a number of years ago. It was in the 50s, actually. And it talked about what happens when people listen. And I can only imagine that even more current research would would make the situation even more alarming. You know, in this study, they talked about you know, there, there was no formal training for listening. They were talking about the the issue of reading comprehension and the false assumption that teaching people how to read would kind of carry over into listening, and that wasn't the case, and how easy it was to forget and tune out. Um, immediate after a half, uh, like right after a conversation, half the information you hear, you forget. And about eight hours later, up to another 50%. So you're you're retaining very, very little. Two months later, you know, maybe a quarter of the conversation. So you, you we feel this in conversations. You're talking to people and it's like, you know, it's in one ear and out the other, as I like to say. So why is listening so hard? And that's what we're going to tackle today. Um, I want to give you the, the shortcut to the answer. And the clue is... That we're listening to everything, but not, we're not listening for anything in particular. What what do I mean? The distinction there is, if you just look at listening. Imagine, and I was thinking about like okay, when I was like when I was a kid, and we were watching you know like war movies, you know the the movies of like about submarines and and uh, you know the guys in the submarine, and he's the sonar technician, and he's got the headset on, and he's listening for for the enemy well if you if you look at that craft a bit deeper what's happening you know he's not just sitting there with the headset on and listening to anything because there's a lot of sounds presumably you know beneath the ocean surface deep deep in the ocean but the technician the sonar person is listening for unique and distinct sounds the sounds of propellers or unique sound signatures of enemy submarines or ships, there's extensive training on listening for something very specific. And where they hear the sound of a thump, 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 or whatever that unique signature was, they would recognize in the sound that that would be an enemy ship or a certain class of submarine. In those movies would would be fascinating to me because how could a person pick up amidst all those sounds, those distinctive sounds? Well, the answer was they're listening for something. They're not just listening to sounds. So that distinction is what we're going to talk about. So why is listening so hard? Um, you, you, you look at what it's like to be in a conversation. And I'm just going to kind of go down a list of things that happen. And it happens to me. It happens to you. It happens to the people that you work with. You're having conversations all the time, right? You're, you're not trained how to do this. So you're, you're, if you're, in, you're interested, it might be easier. If you're less interested it's going to be harder. Um, here, here's some of the things that are happening. Oftentimes in a conversation, one of the first things is th- it's not relevant to you. Or there's no role. Um, I, I joke that what's the difference between ignorance and apathy? And the answer is, I don't know. And I don't care. So if you think about, you know, a conversation where it's not relevant to you or you have no role in the conversation, a person's talking at you, it's hard to listen because you might think like, I I really don't know what this person's talking about and I really don't care. And that, um, that, that listening is just like, this isn't for me. It's not meant for me. And I've looked at research that said that in, in the first 30 to 60 seconds of a presentation that you're listening to, if you don't see the relevance of that information for you that people decide if and how they're going to listen, well, they call that listening in and out listening. And we've done this before. You're, 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 you step in, you listen, and then you step out and you stop listening. And you, in those moments, you start to daydream. And it's just, it's, it's a type of listening where it's just like you quickly determine that it's just not relevant for me. You're in a meeting and you just, you see people and they're typing and they're, they're writing notes, but they're just not listening. Or in conversations where they're nodding their head and they're like, this does have absolutely nothing to do with me. So that's, that's one of the insights that, that I think we can, we can, we can take away. Um, the second one would be, we, the brain races ahead, in, in Going back to that Harvard Business Review research article, you might be wondering why am I citing research from 1957? Well, because that article was shared with me by somebody, and we talk about, in our coursework, something called the Elusive 600, and there was a consultant, um, Sharon Ellis, that shared this with me a number of years ago, and it was really brilliant because the Elusive 600 describes the, the way the brain processes information, and, and basically how it goes is The brain processes about 750 words per minute. We hear about 150 words per minute. That's about how fast people can speak. So the brain has 600 extra words floating around. So if you're processing four times faster than you're hearing, it's very easy for the brain to race ahead. Well, that basic insight that Sharon coined or she shared with me the term, the elusive 600 was cited in this, in this research in 1957 by Harvard Business Review. And in, in essence, it was the same thing. It had to do with how fast of a process to the brain was. Well, what's the impact of that? Well, the impact of that is, is that you can have a conversation where you're listening to yourself and you're talking to yourself. It's an inner monologue, really. So you're in a conversation which is boring or complicated or long, and you've got these extra 600 words talking to yourself about what are you going to have for dinner and when is it going to be over and when is it my turn to talk and this inner monologue I'm listening to myself while I'm listening makes listening hard it makes it really hard because you have four times as many words that you're generating that you're actually hearing so this is what happens to a lot of people when they hijack a conversation or they you know get triggered to get distracted so that's that's another reason the brain races ahead the third thing is, um, the information that you're hearing isn't organized, or at least your brain says it's not organized. It's just either too much of it, not in the right order. It's unstructured. It's clearly presented in a way that it's not assembled and it needs reassembly. So I'll give you an example. You know, you're you're on a conference call, and a person is, or a video conference, and the person just just giving you a data dump, and it's and it's it's they're just giving you everything that they know, and it's not been prepared, it's not been structured, your your brain has got to do extra work to figure out where things go and if it's important and how this fits in. And it's like, it, it would be like somebody dumping a puzzle to you and, and, and telling you, what, do, what are you seeing? And you just see a bunch of pieces. That happens a lot in conversations where Our elusive six hundred. Our brain's racing ahead, saying, "I can't do this." And there's a lot of pieces, and I'm lost, and it's it's it makes listening very very difficult. You're taking in an unassembled message. Um, Lastly, I think it's just the constant choices of attractive distractions. What do I say? Attractive distractions. We all get distracted, right? You're in a conversation and you hear a siren or the phone rings or somebody texts you or a person walks by or you're, you know, like on a conference call and you're, 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 and you're looking at your browser or you're checking email. These are, these are all choices for us to get distracted, but they're attractive. You, you're attracted to something which is easier, more appealing. And there's constant choices like that around us all the time. That makes listening even harder. So if you go back to like the 1950s, well, if that was difficult, then well, I mean, certainly you know, nowadays it's way more difficult. So those would be some of the big issues I think that why listening so hard. And, And the list quite honestly goes on and on about why listening is so hard. But I want to go back to the the original point of the of the podcast and the distinction between listening to everything versus listening for something, and. In our courses, we talk about how important it is to lead with your main idea, your big idea up front, your headline, your main point. Why? Because it gives people something to listen for. It's almost like a, a clue or a sneak preview. And in, in this podcast, I, I said that right up front. We're going to talk today about why listening so hard. And you didn't have to guess for that. That's, that was the point. Well, that distinction about listening to everything versus listening for something, like the sonar person, becomes really important as a way of combating this. What do I mean? Well, the reason listening is hard at the end is because we're not listening for something specific. And if we could look at it like we're listening for a clue, we would listen differently. So, here's a short list of things that you can be listening for in your next conversation, which is it might be unstructured and seemingly irrelevant, where you have no role and your brain is racing like, when can I get out of this conversation? I would suggest that you would listen for a clue. And here's some of the clues you can listen for listen for an idea, listen for an insight, listen for an issue, listen for inspiration. Innovation. Listen for intention. And once you find it, don't do anything with it. You don't even need to respond to it. Just capture it and note it. One of the problems that people have in conversation is they listen to respond. And this is going back to the person in sonars. They're listening for the enemy. And once they find the enemy, they fire their torpedo. In our particular case, I'm going to recommend that you don't do that. What I'm going to recommend you do is you listen for something, an idea, an inspiration, an issue, intention. And when you find it, just note it. Acknowledge it. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to respond to it necessarily. Don't try to act on it. Just note it. So in that conversation, that can be what you find. And that thing that you find can be the source of something tremendously valuable. And leaders today are always talking about how people are supposed to be looking for the next big thing. I think that people miss the clues in conversation because they're just not looking for it. So think of listening as as almost like a game where you're you're looking for something and when you find it, note it. Um, That could be what motivates people. It could be what's bothering people. It could be a problem that we're supposed to be fixing or... A problem that we shouldn't be fixing. It could be um, what a person's preferences are, or what their personality is about, what what the, what that person what drives that person. It be it could be what a person's really looking for. All those can be clues when you're listening for something versus just listening. That's the point. So it's hard. So I'm going to give you a challenge to wrap things up here. I call this a ten to ten talk. So in our courses, we do this. I want you to have a conversation with somebody for 10 minutes and just listen, actively listen, ask questions, be interested, but listen for something. Listen for something and when you find it, note it. Don't necessarily respond to it. And then after the conversation's over, about a half hour later, write down in 10 words or less what you heard. What was the headline? What what, what did you find? See if a conversation like that can Improve this very va- valuable skill called listening. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Just saying it's a podcast that's meant for you and it's meant for sharing. So if you could please spread the word, that would be great. In all of our coursework, active listening is an important com- component or direction that you can all take to improve yourselves as communicators. Just saying. Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick, and I'm your host. Today, we're going to tackle how to ask much better questions. As you may know, I've written a book called Brief, Make Your Bigger Impact by Saying Less, and I'm the managing director and founder of the Brief Lab, where we help professionals and military leaders master clear and concise communication. I started this podcast because I want to help you achieve an elite standard in communication, something which is highly valuable and many people struggle with. And today we're going to talk about something that I struggle with, which is asking good questions. When I think about this, it's just something that I need to work on. I recognize I need to work on. It's incredibly valuable. I see it time and time again, the, the, the role of a good question to start a conversation. And recently, I led a workshop with my sister near Chicago, and it was around helping people become better friends. So it was, it, was a, it was the core purpose of it was around friendship. She and I had been talking back and forth. This was people, friends of hers and people in a church group and kind of a mixed group of people. It was, it was couples. It was moms. It was some students. It was a whole mixed mix bag of people. There's probably like 30 or 40 people in this workshop. It was on a Saturday morning. And she and I schemed about how to design this workshop, but the point of it really was that people have this deep, deep appetite to have better friendships, and we can recognize this. You see this, like, how many really good friends do you have in your life? And we started getting at, like, how could the work at the Brief Lab, and some of her, her experiences helped to shape a workshop to help people do this. So we, we designed it, and the point of it really was to help people improve the quality of the conversations they have with, with people around them. And we did exercises around, you know, talking to people and listening to what they're saying and just the core value of being a good listener. Uh, and one of the things that we really honed in on was the value of asking better questions. And it was fun. The whole event was really a pleasure to lead and people got a lot out of it. And one of the things that I, I shared with them is when you ask a question and it's a really good one, it can open up some amazing conversations, and when the questions are not so great, the conversations don't really happen at all. And the example that I shared, which everybody seemed to agree with, was uh, what happens when parents ask their kids, particularly kids in high school, when they come home from school, this series of questions. First question, how was school? The answer is always fine. The next question was, what did you do today? The answer is almost typically, nothing. And then the last question is, is what do you have for homework, in which if you have boys, you typically get some type of a grunt or I don't know or whatever. So those questions always produce the same result. Parents want to know how school was, but kids are always going to say, fine. And when they get the answer, they're like, oh, why didn't they tell me more? Well, in this workshop, we're like, well, they didn't tell you more because the question is always going to prove, it's a weak question, and weak questions produce weak answers, right? Don't expect something different when the question's poor. So how do you change that? And that was a big part of the workshop is delivered under the challenge, it's better to be interested than interesting. Okay, so are you really interested in knowing how school was? Well, ask a different question, and that's the point of the podcast today is, how can we ask much better questions, not just Ask better questions, but much better questions. It's a shift. Why is this important for us? It's important because it's something that we're not naturally good at unless we're professional listeners. So if you're a journalist or a therapist or an interrogator or a bartender or one of these categories of people that are professional listeners, they listen for a living. Asking questions isn't something people that are naturally gifted at. So if you think about talking like a a marriage counselor or a therapist or a coach, um, like a like a like a life coach or a professional coach, they're good at asking questions because they work at it, and I want us to do the same thing. And my, my, my I'm part of that. A good question opens a door to get to know people that really matter to us in a much better way. These could be clients, these could be coworkers, this could be leaders, it could be our boss, our neighbor, our friends, our parents, our spouses. I mean, a whole host of people, a really good question can really open up a door and get people talking. So in this workshop, we did this. It was really cool. I had them do an exercise, and the exercise was you know, asking each other what was the first car and the first job that they had. And it's, it's an exercise we use in a lot of our workshops. It's a simple question when you don't know a person. And it's using first as a trigger. So the idea here is when you ask a person, what was the first job you ever had or with first car, you can't answer it in a single word. It typically will get them talking about that particular thing. You know, well, why did you get that car and who gave it to you? And there's, it can get us interested in hearing more and, and people do that. So we did that exercise. What happened was really great because when I debriefed after that exercise, what people told me was, when people asked the question and were listening in the answer, that the, the conversations felt really different, super different. Like they, were, they, were, they felt like they were heard, there was a connection, the person was really interested, and it all started with the question. So we're going to, I think, work on this, and we have to continually work on this, but for the sake of the podcast, let's just look at what, what can we do to make this better. Okay, It's a struggle for most of us. Underlying this is, okay, the first thing we have to ask ourselves is, what's my level of interest? If I, I have the saying, which is, it's like I said, it's better to be interested than interesting, the question you have to ask yourself is, am I really interested? Okay, oftentimes you're not. So if somebody that you work with and you ask pretty poor questions, you might not want to know. You know, there's a, a saying that I have, another one, and, which is a, a question, what's the difference between ignorance and apathy? And the answer is, I don't know, and I don't care. And it's kind of a funny joke because the if you think about it, I don't know anything about you. And the truth is, I don't really care. So if you're trying to create a really amazing friendship, I you don't know, and you really don't care. So it starts with interest. Okay. And the question is the key to create an answer. And the answer is, do I really care? Am I am I there to listen? Okay. Um, another reason why people struggle with this is they're too too busy talking. We've been, all had these conversations with people. You're sitting down, you're talking to somebody, and they've never asked you a question because they're so busy talking about themselves and about the things that matter to them that they don't have any, any, any opportunity to just stop and like, but what about you? And I always felt like uh, the balance of those great conversations we have are that both people are asking these really much better questions. And we've been very few of those conversations in our lives. And when we have, wow, does it feel different. Okay. So how do we become the person that creates those conversations by asking much better questions? And then finally, like I said, people just don't want to know. Like, I don't want to know, you know, how are things going on at work or what's going on at school? I mean, I think we look for a one word answer because we don't want to know a 10 word answer. We just, we just don't want to go deeper. So how do we change that? Well, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. And we're going to start with... Preparation. Okay. So there's a list of questions. So I want you to think about um, how do you compare and contrast like a pretty good question with a much better question. So like I started with with how school, well, that's always going to get fine. How do you change it? Okay. Well, what are you learning in AP literature? Or who teaches your second period class? Or what's your class schedule that you have? See, those are all better questions because the person can't just say, fine. I mean, if you want to walk, walk, you know, can, tell me what, like, walk me through your schedule. I know, but I want to know, like, what does your day look like? See, that's, I'm more interested, right? And I told people in this workshop, and it's important for you to know, that you have to be interested, but being interested in this is not a feeling. It's a decision. You choose to do this. So in a professional setting, you might feel in your heart, like, I really don't care but it's not a feeling. It's a decision. I need to know what this person's schedule looks like. So instead of me just saying, how school? I'm going to say, like, walk me through. This. I really want to know. What... And the person will, even if you don't really feel like it, you can, you can still make that, you can be decisive. So be prepared. Okay. Another question. What does your day look like? That's, that's, a, that's a decent question. All right. Well, what's the most exciting thing you're working on right now? You see how those—it's a different question. Or, what do you do for a living? What do you do professionally? You know, I'm a, I'm a banker. Um, well, here's a better question: How do you get in, How did you get into that? Or why? Um, why do you? You know, uh, what are some initiatives are you working on the bank? Okay, how did you get into that career? I, I had that that uh, in a, in a workshop. One of my participants asked this very introverted uh, leader at the State Department: How did you get into that line of work? That simple question was a, it was a high quality question. That one question led to a one hour conversation with a person who otherwise, under most circumstances, wouldn't have told this person anything. But it was an, it was a question of interest. Okay, you ask people, hey, what's new? Well, what if, what if you asked, what's a big thing you're working on? Preparing the these questions is something we have to stop and do. It doesn't come naturally to most people, so we need to, we need to take time to prepare. Um, you know you ask a person like how long have you been married all right well why did you marry this person see one's not a bad question the other one's a good question they're just better questions right so asking the point of this podcast is how do we ask much better questions not just um, you know avoid bad ones okay the first thing is be prepared right what do i want to know right how is this question going to help unlock some level of understanding and learning the second thing is it's okay to be a little bold right? What's the worst part of your life? Or what's the what's the low point of your day? Or if you could change one thing about your uh, circumstances at work or at home, what would it be? Be bold. Ask the question, like throw your hat over the wall and go get it. <laughs> you know, don't be afraid. And there's a moment of fear because like I asked this question, I might get the truth. It's okay. Be bold, right? Go big or go home as they say. Next thing, listen closely to what people say. People will notice the difference. Not only that you asked a better question, but that you were listening for the answer. right? And you're not listening to agree or to respond or to hijack the conversation. You're listening for understanding. You're listening for what the person is saying. You're re- you really want to know, not because you feel like it, but because you've decided that you're going to be better at this. And then finally, I think just... Asking follow-up questions for clarification. You don't have to, but if you want a person to elaborate, tell me more, like, why, why do you feel that way? Why is always a very powerful question as well. Like, why, but why do you do that? What's your motivations? Why is a, regress- a regressive question? You can ask it, you know, if you ever talk to a little kid, why is very powerful? Like, oh, we have to go to the park, why? Because we, I want you to play. Why do I want to play? Because you need to exercise. Why do you need exercise? Because you eat too many donuts, you know, whatever the... You can ask why repeatedly. It gets deeper into a person's, like, motivations, what, what drives them. When you think about this, if you... To get to know people who matter to you more, better, to get to know them better, it starts with asking better questions. It opens so many closed doors. It gives you insights into people, their opinions on things, their experiences, their motivations, what they struggle with, their aspirations, their dreams for leaders, their intent. What is their intent? What do they really want? And these questions get get us closer to it when other people find the locked door, okay? So what I challenge you is to identify somebody, somebody you know, that you wanna get to know better and do what I said, prepare better questions. Find an opportunity to be a little bit bold, to be prepared and to ask and then ask it Listen to what they say. Okay, a much better question will produce that. So, I've got a question for you. Why do you listen to this podcast? Please tell me in a short reply an email, McCormick, at thebrieflab.com or the comments of this podcast. I'd really love to know. Just asking. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, we are offering free resources for you on our website. So if you go to our website, you can sign up for our newsletter, which comes out periodically. It's called the Weekly Resource. It has links to things like um, white papers that we write, certainly podcast news announcements. Um, We have a series of webinars um, coming up. So if you go to thebrieflab.com, you will find those resources readily available. Uh, Take advantage of them.